Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. My name is Nia Lewis. In this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. In today's episode, we will be talking about poet and professor Harriet Mullen. Harriet Mullen was born in Florence, Alabama in 1953, but she was raised in Fort Worth, Texas. She is the daughter of two teachers and the granddaughter and great-granddaughter of Baptist ministers. Growing up in a educated middle-class family in a segregated black community, Mullen recalls the way that her family stood out from their neighbors because of the way they spoke. Both of Mullen's parents had attended Talladega College and historically black college, so Mullen and her sister grew up code-switching between what people called standard English and black vernacular speech. She remembers being told, you talk funny, you talk proper, where are you from? Why don't you sound like you are from here? She has continued to explore the problematic conception that black vernacular is not a standard form of English in her writing and scholarship. Harriet Mullen says that she was always a writer, writing pamphlets and greeting cards for family members with little rhymed verses to keep her entertained. Writing was also a means for her to keep in touch with her father after her parents divorced. She recalls how writing and reading were essential to her mother, a public school teacher herself who enrolled her in dance and music classes. She always ensured that she had books to read and encouraged her to draw and write. As she said herself, my sense of poetry was awakened by the formal and informal written and oral rhymes and rhythms of family, church, and school. At school and church, they would recite and memorize Langston Hughes, James Weldon Johnson, and Paul Lawrence Dunbar. On the playground, she remembers playing games with other girls that involved verbal call and response and rhyming along with physical activity like jump rope. Which is so cool because I even grew up doing call and response chants. I remember my friends and I would always do that chant from Bring It On, All or Nothing, one where it's like, Shabuya, sha, sha, Shabuya, roll call my name is. <laughs> so that's so cool that, you know, it's been carried down for generations and generations to do call and response chants as kids. She first started to become more serious about writing poetry in high school. When her English teacher submitted each student's poem written for a class assignment to the local newspaper, Mullins was actually chosen for publication. Mullen received her BA in English at UT Austin. This was the first time she really began to consider herself as a poet, especially after attending poetry readings, which she said had a major effect on her development as a writer. Though Mullen says that she never encountered any prominent African-American writers in her undergraduate class, she learned the importance of reading Black writers in her African literature, Caribbean literature, and folklore courses, which introduced her to Afro-American folklore and Black literary traditions. Mullen went on to receive her PhD from UC Santa Cruz, where she recalls that her writing style was significantly altered. Although at first unfamiliar, she came to love what she called critical writing, which she said, gave me aesthetics of intellectual engagement, 
of complexity of thought and a corresponding complexity of syntax and structure, the complexity of argument as opposed to metaphor. Mullen wrote her dissertation on slave narratives. Mullen has done fairly extensive research into her family history and has shared the proximity of the history of slavery to her own family, finding letters, newspaper articles, and marriage certificates of weddings performed by her great-grandfather. She described how thrilling it was to find evidence of a community of former slaves, learning how to be free together, taking part in things that had long been denied to them. Mullen recounted, It struck me immediately that we'd already lost the story of our enslaved ancestors, although the history in fact is quite recent. My maternal grandmother's father was born into slavery. He was a child when the Civil War ended. Except for her mother, who was born after the Civil War, all of my grandmother's ancestors had been slaves in Virginia, going back to the colonial period. But in her grandmother's memory, both of her parents had been born after the Civil War, even insisting that her grandmother had been enslaved. As Mullen reflected, her grandmother resisted acknowledging the connection between slavery and her family. Mullen was also able to trace her father's side back to the white ancestor who fought for the Confederacy and had 10 children with a woman owned by his family. Mullen's works are situated in a tradition of African-American literature and heavily influenced by the civil rights, black power, black arts, Chicano, and feminist movements. Mullen said that, the Black Arts Movement specifically introduced her to the idea that Blackness extended beyond what she was familiar with from her upbringing, that it covers different continents, cultures, beliefs, and art forms. She said in an interview with Cynthia Hogue, Mullen said, At the time, my idea about Black culture was very specific to being Southern, eating certain foods and having certain religious beliefs. Encountering feminist theory as a graduate student had a particular impact on her books, Trimmings and Sperm Kit. Her book, Trimmings, responds to Gertrude Stein's tendered buttons, for example, and it unpacks the nature of white feminism, the encoding of femininity as pink and white, and the focus on women's blush in English literature. Molins also lists Gwendolyn Brooks, Langston Hughes, Bob Kaufman, Amiri Baraka, Lucille Clifton, Nate McKee, Al Young, Melvin Tolson, and Jean Tomer as her main poetic influences. Mullen is the author of Urban Tumbleweed, a collection of 366 Tanka poems, a traditional Japanese form frequently used to write about nature written over one year and one day, mostly about the landscape of Los Angeles. In a blog post for Grey Wolf Press, Mullen wrote, I wanted to incorporate into my life a daily practice of walking and writing poetry. As committed as I am to writing, I needed a break in my routine, so I was determined to alter my sedentary, unconsciously crammed posture as a writer who habitually writing indoors despite living here in sunny California. Inspired by the brevity and clarity of Tonka's poetic form as well as contemporary echo poetics, 
Molin published Urban Tumbleweed in 2013. She is also the author of Recyclopedia, published in 2006, Blues Baby, Early Poems and Sleeping with the Dictionary, published in 2002, Muse and Drudge, published in 1995, Sperm Kit, published in 1992, Trimmings, published in 1991, and Tree Tall Woman, published in 1981. She also published the chapbook Broken Glish, Five Prose Poems by Harriet Mullen, published in 2013, and the book The Cracks Between What We Are and What We Are Supposed to Be, Essays and Interviews, published in 2012. Early in her career, she received an award from the Black Arts Academy, a Doby Pisano Writers Fellowship from the Texas Institute of Letters and University of Texas, and an art residency from the Helen Wurlitzer Foundation of New Mexico. She has received many awards and accolades, including the Penn Beyond Margins Award, she was the finalist for the National Book Award, the National Books Critics Circle Award, the Los Angeles Times Book Award in Poetry, and more. She taught literature for six years at Cornell University and is currently a professor of English at UCLA. Mullen's work is driven by wordplay and illusion. She often uses devices such as homophones, rhyming, puns, and word games. She often combines humor with present social critique. When asked who she is writing for, Mullen says that she imagines addressing a large and diverse audience. Specifically, she thinks that her work has the capacity to speak for future generations. Therefore, she thinks that literature in her eyes has a larger horizon than political discourse. Now, let's get to Harriet Mullen's poem that'll be featured in our Get Lit anthology entitled, We Are Not Responsible. The poem plays with official language, language that you are familiar with. The common refrain, we are not responsible for lost and stolen items and suburbs the reader's expectations. So here's Harriet Mullen's poem, We Are Not Responsible. We are not responsible for your lost and stolen relatives. We cannot guarantee your safety if you disobey our instructions. We do not endorse the cause or claims of people begging for handouts. We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. Your ticket does not guarantee that we will honor your reservations. In order to facilitate our procedures, please limit your carry-on. Before takeoff, please extinguish all smoldering resentments. If you cannot understand English, you will be moved out of the way. In the event of a lost, you better look out for yourself. Your insurance was canceled because we can no longer handle your frightful claims. Our handlers lost your luggage and we are unable to find the key to your legal case. You were detained for interrogation because you fit the profile. You are not presumed to be innocent if the police have a reason to suspect you are carrying a concealed weapon. It is not our fault you were born wearing a gang color. It is not our obligation to inform you of your rights. Step aside, please, while our officer inspects your bad attitude. You have no rights we are bound to respect. Please remain calm or we can't be held responsible for what happens to you. This poem is powerful. This poem shows how systemic and institutionalized racism works. And I love how she literally uses like 
public service announcements to create this poem, it's very heavy on the topic of how people view people of color. Ah, oh, this poem is just chef's kiss. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on all things Harriet Mullen. Make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family members, and I'll see y'all next week.